0: You know, we're preaching these days on Jesus is the truth. In other words, we're just simply looking at what Jesus had to say about the important issues of life. We're just looking at his words. You know, we're living in a world that is full of lies and deception. And if we are going to overcome the lies, and if we're not going to be deceived, then we have to know the truth and believe the truth and walk in the truth. I didn't say that Jesus has truth. Jesus is truth. You know, in, in, the, in the gospel of John, verse, chapter 1, verse 14 and verse 17, it says these uh, great words. They're on the screen. And the word became flesh. And dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and what? Say it, truth. Jesus was full of grace and truth. You move right on over in John chapter 1 to verse 17. It says, The law was given through Moses, but grace and, say the word, truth came through Jesus Christ. In John chapter 8, verse 44, You know what it says? It tells us about the devil and says that he's a liar and the father of lies. So let me read that from you in John chapter 8, verse 44. Listen to what it says. You are of your father, the devil. It's on the screen so you can see it. You're of your father, the devil, the desires of your father you want to do. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth. Because there is no truth in him. When he speaks, he speaks a lie. He speaks from his own resources. He is a liar and the father of lies. You know what breaks my heart? To see how people listen to the lies of the devil. How the media glorifies and glamorizes the lies of the devil and the multitude of people who have at their availability, especially in America, the truth. But instead of believing the truth, it's the latest philosophy or fad. It's the latest quote, unquote, important speaker. And the media knows how to brainwash people. And I'm telling you, most of it is just basically originates in Satan and it is a lie. So we're looking at Jesus. And that he's the truth. By the way, John 14, 6, one, one of the great verses, Jesus said, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. So, we've already looked at three areas. Jesus is the truth about life. Secondly, Jesus is the truth about death and the resurrection. And then we looked at last week at Jesus is the truth about heaven and about hell. Today, we're going to look at something that every one of us are involved in every moment of every day. Jesus is the truth about relationships. It is amazing how much Jesus said, about our relationship with other people, how to treat other people, how to get along with other people, how to solve conflicts with other people. You know, I tell you, Jesus had a way of covering a lot of ground in a few words. And man, as I've studied what Jesus had to say about relationships, man, it is uh, is—it's it, it, amazing how difficult it is uh, to do what Jesus said. I am convinced, now the rest of the message is based on you understanding this. I am convinced that we cannot have the relationship with other people that God intends for us to have unless we have the dynamic power of Jesus Christ in the person of the Holy Spirit in control of our life. I, I'm going to share with you some of the things Jesus said that we are to do in relationship to other people. You're going to say, Brother Fred, I don't want to do that. that that's not, no, that's not the way I look at things. And I'm telling you, man, Jesus didn't, uh, I mean, he didn't take any prisoners. I mean, he, he just said "Now this is the way it's supposed to be. And this is the truth. But I'm telling you, you can't do it unless Jesus Christ is in control of your life. And unless you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you just can't do it. It's humanly impossible to live up to the standard that uh, Jesus said. Now, how important are relationships to Jesus? All right? Let's just ask him. So they, a lawyer asked Jesus, what is the great commandment? All right, let's see what Jesus said in Matthew 22. Verse 36, they said, teacher, what is the great commandment? Okay, Jesus answers it in plain and clear words. He said in Matthew 22, verse um, 37, he said, no, go back to verse 36. Teacher, what is the great commandment? So Jesus answered him. This, this, This is in the red. This is the words of Jesus, you know. You shall love the Lord your God. With all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. Jesus said, hey, it all starts with loving God. Not half-heartedly, not flippantly. It all starts with loving God. That's the most important relationship. You've got to get that relationship right or no other sh- other relationship will be right. You say, I'm going to start on human relationships. Forget it. You have to get your relationship with God right or you'll never get your relationship with people right. So that's Jesus said the great commandment is you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. You shall love people. You know it is not complicated. Love God and love people. People try to complicate everything. It's not complicated. Love God and love your neighbor. And look at verse 40. On these two commandments, if you love God and love your neighbor, hang all the law and the prophets. The rest of the word of God is intertwined with loving God and loving people. On this hang all the law and the prophets. Well, as, as, you, as you look at what Jesus had to say about relationships, it was basically in uh, three areas. Oh, he had many ways of saying it. But the first thing he talked about was in our relationship with others is love. And then he went on and he spent a great deal of time in talking about our relationship with others through forgiveness. But then he talked about loving, uh, about, about relationships by living a life of a Christian in a non-Christian world. In other words, it was, it was just this, he, he, he says some things about, now, uh, about my relationship to this person. And, and, and it goes against the grain. That's not the way the world thinks. That's not the way the world acts. And I said, well, Jesus, what you're saying here, he said, I'm talking about living the Christian life in a non-Christian world by relationships. Well, the first thing he talked about in our relationship with others is love. John thirteen thirty four, 34. And this is a tremendous challenge to each of us In John 13, 34, Jesus said, now this is very interesting. A new commandment I give to you. And then you say, Jesus, there's nothing new about this. This has been the great commandment. But wait a minute. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, wait a minute, as I have loved you. Oh, the commandment to love others has been as old as the Old Testament when it said love your neighbor as yourself. But Jesus comes on the scene and he's fixing to leave and the disciples are going to be in the world and the Spirit of God is going to live in them. And he says, now I want to tell you one thing. This is the new commandment I'm leaving to you. I want you to love one another as I have loved you. And then he goes on and says... By this, all men will know you're my disciples. By the way, if you have love, one for another. Now, do you know how Jesus loved us? He said, a new commandment, I want you to love each other the way I loved you. You, you, know, you know, Jesus pastored a small church. He just had 12 members. <laughs> and one of them betrayed him with a kiss. Boy, he had, he, his flock had some problems. There was Peter who knew more than anybody else knew. And there were all the James and John and, and the sons of Zebedee whose mama wanted them to be first in the, and, and they wanted, to be, wanted them to be number one in the church. I and mean, Jesus had a tough crowd. But you know, it says, having loved his disciples, he loved them to the end. Now, how are we to love each other? the way Jesus loved us. Well, how did Jesus love us? First of all, he loves us unconditionally. He doesn't say to me, Fred, if you do right, if you do everything I say, if you perform in an excellent way, I am going to love you. He doesn't say that. You know what he says? I want you to do right. And I'll give you the power to do right. But I'm going to tell you my love for you is not based on your performance. I love you unconditionally. And you know, that's the way we're supposed to love each other. It's like the husband says to his wife, if you do the right things, and then I love you. Come on, get off that. Our love is not based on people's performance. The love of Jesus is unconditional love. Hey, you think he stopped loving Peter when Peter cursed him and denied him three times? No. His love for Peter did not drop one zero of an inch. Jesus loved Peter unconditionally. You know, you say, Brother Fred, some people are hard to love. Well, you don't love in your own power. You can't love unconditionally unless you have the power of the Holy Spirit in you. The fruit of the Spirit is what? Love. And so, you know, the way we're to love each other is unconditionally. Secondly, you know how Jesus loved us? You said it's a new commandment because I want you to love each other the way I loved you. Jesus loved us sacrificially. You know, he said this this is how you know you love somebody, when you lay down your life for them. Jesus said you ought to lay down your life for the brethren. In other words, not be selfish but be selfless. And so Jesus demonstrated the way we were to love each other in the fact that we are to love each other not only unconditionally but sacrificially. We're to be, our love is to be selfless. We're to be willing to lay down our lives for each other. He said the way people will know you're my disciples is they see you loving each other unconditionally. And they see you loving each other sacrificially. Hey, you're not living just for yourself. You're loving, you're laying down your life for others. And so he said, a new commandment I give you. And so we love each other unconditionally and sacrificially and uh, selflessly. And by the way, you know you remember what Jesus said? That the great commandment, love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And love your neighbor as yourself. You remember he said that the law and the prophets, all the law and the prophets hang on that. If you walk in this kind of love, then, then you're going to fulfill the word of God. Have you ever looked at the Ten Commandments real carefully? I know you have. Did you know they're all about those two great commandments? You see, the first four commandments are all about our love for God. No other God before me. Don't make any image and fall down and worship him. You can't make an image like me. He said, by the way, reverence my name. Don't take my name in vain. And said, as a part of your love for me, just be a worshiper. Just be a worshiper. Remember, worship. But then you know what he did? Four of those commandments were directed at our relationship with God. But he turned right around. And the last six were about our relationship with each other. He said, you know where you got to start? Honor your father and your mother. That your days may be long on the land I've given you. You say, but brother Fred, my father was not honorable. You don't understand. Hey. You can honor him as, a, as your birth father. You don't have to honor the way he lived. You don't have to honor what he did. But you cannot afford to be bitter toward them. Because the, he said, if you honor your father, your days will be long on the land God has given you. And then he went in and said, now let me tell you about your relationship to others. He said, don't commit adultery with another man's wife. He said, now don't you steal from another person. He said, now, I'm telling you in your relationship, don't you lie to another person. And, and, and he just talks about our, our relationship with each other. Don't steal. Don't lie. Don't It's all about how we treat each other. And so you understand that our relationships with other people, by the help and power of Jesus, by Christ in us, we're to love each other as Christ of us, unconditionally, sacrificially, and selflessly. And I'm telling you, that's God's will, and that's God's way. But then he went on and said, and my, I'm telling you, Jesus had so much to say about forgiveness. I mean, it's just like he just kept hammering. And he, he knew that uh, that if you didn't learn how to forgive each other, you never were going to get along with each other. And so we talked about forgiveness. In Luke 23, Jesus is our example of forgiveness, by the way. I want you to look at Luke 23. You'll be on the screen. Verses 42 and 43. You know what you see Jesus doing? You see him forgiving, a criminal, dying on a cross. That's exactly what he's doing. He's demonstrating Forgiveness, he said in Luke 22, 23 verse 42, then he said to Jesus, Lord, remember me when you come to me, when you come into your kingdom. The other thief on the cross had reviled Jesus, had mocked him and said, well, listen, if you're who you say you are, you come down off the cross and take us with you. And this guy said, nay, we, we're supposed to be on the cross. We're, we're being punished for what we did. This man did nothing wrong. And they and, 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 and defended Jesus. And, and then he, he said, Jesus, if you would just remember me. You know, he didn't have anything to offer Jesus but a wasted life. He couldn't come down from the cross and go follow Jesus the rest of his life. He had nothing to offer him. But you know what Jesus said? Jesus looked at him and said, today you will be with me in paradise. Jesus forgave him. Boy, not an example of forgiveness. But you know the, the amazing thing, as Jesus was hanging on that cross, I, I'm telling you, he, uh, he looked down at the people that were crucifying him. And in Luke um, 23, 24, or 23, 34. Now, now did, did Jesus really mean this? Now, you've got to understand, all his life, they treated him mistreated him all of his life. He was a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. Instead of being loved by the multitudes, he was loved by the multitudes, but by the religious leaders, he was rejected. And so Jesus knew what it was to be lied about, to be accused of being full of the devil. Uh, he knew what it was to say that he was a blasphemer, They called him a blasphemer. And then on top of that, they, uh, crucified him, nailed him to the cross, mocked him and said, if you be the son of God, come down from the cross. So what did Jesus say? God, I'm so thankful they're going to burn in hell. No, he didn't say that. You know what he said? By the way, he meant it. He meant it. This, This wasn't platitudinous words. He said, Father, forgive them. They really, don't know what they're doing. Boy, I tell you what, that'll stretch your forgiveness, won't it? When you've been nailed to a cross by the very people you're asking to forgive him. Father, forgive them. You know, some of Jesus' followers learned that because when they were stoning Stephen, the heaven was open. Stephen's, Stephen saw Jesus that godly deacon Stephen full of the Holy Spirit and power saw Jesus standing at the right hand of the Father to welcome him home. And he looked at those that were hurling the rocks that would bash his body. He said the same thing Jesus said. Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Oh, that's the pattern but you see, you, you can't forgive like that unless you have the forgiver in your heart. Oh, you won't even want to forgive unless Jesus Christ is living in you and seated on the throne of your heart. You know, Jesus made it clear about the grace of forgiveness. I, I love it. In Matthew 18, boy, let's, let's look at that. It, it's a great. Uh, in Matthew 18, Peter comes and asks Jesus about forgiveness. He said, I want to know about forgiveness, Okay. And so in Matthew 18, verse 21 and 22, let, let's see what Jesus said. Then Peter came to him and said, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Up to seven times. Peter said, I, I'm real spiritual. I want you to know that. I'm willing to forgive my brother that sins against me. I forgive him seven times. Jesus said, no, Peter said, you missed it. Does the grace of God run out at seven? He said, Peter, let me tell you, I do not say up to seven times, but up to 70 times seven. Now, you can multiply that, and that's 490, and I think that's pretty much unlimited. It's called the grace of forgiveness. The grace of forgiveness. Lord, how, many, how often shall I forgive her? How often shall I forgive him? How often shall I give that, uh, the company I work for? How often? He said, listen, the grace of God never runs out. And by the grace of God, as I have forgiven you. Hey, by the way, Fred, how many times have I forgiven you? Seven times? Huh. Not hardly, Lord. I couldn't multiply the times he's forgiven me in my life. Anybody in here just been forgiven seven times? Don't you thank God for the grace of forgiveness? And he said, no, Peter. He said, listen, my grace just keeps on forgiving. Now, he does say something over in Luke 17, 4. Luke just went a little further um, about this thing, about the brother. And and he said, now, verse 3, he said, Take heed to yourselves. If your brother sins against you, rebuke him. Say, man, you're sinning against me. Rebuke him. And if he repents, forgive him. And if he sins against against you seven times in a day. The man sins against you seven times in the same day. And seven times in a day he returns to you saying, I repent. You shall forgive him. You say, well, brother Fred. Now, this is a very, very important statement. So somebody sins against me, and they don't ask me to forgive them, so then I don't have to forgive them. Wrong. (laughs) W-R-O-N-G, wrong. No. Hey, I forgive people, I've forgiven people that have never asked me to forgive them, and some of them are in heaven. No, I don't know where they're. Some, I don't guess they'll ever have a chance to forgive me. <laughs> but he said, if he repents, just forgive him. You know, um, forgiveness is just the grace of God. In Matthew um, 6.12, the Lord's Prayer, Father, forgive me of my trespasses, just like I forgive those. Daily relationships, people you work with, uh, people you live with, things that have happened to you in your life, what do you do, hold on to them or do you release them and let them go? The Lord's Prayer says, Father, forgive me of my trespasses, just like I forgive those who've trespassed against me. Lord, I'm receiving your forgiveness but I want to walk in forgiveness. But you know, this is where it gets kind of tough. Jesus talks about the consequences of unforgiveness. Now, all these are Jesus' words. He talks about the consequences. And, and I want you to look at a great scripture. In Matthew 18, 23, Jesus talked, just told Peter to forgive A 70 times seven. But he said, if you don't, let me tell you what's going to happen. Now, look at verse 23. And I I don't have time um, uh, to read this. You know, the clock moves too fast. I don't like that. I'm going to let you out at 1130 today. But anyway, uh, uh, Peter said, shall I forgive him seven times? Jesus said, no, 70 times. Then he said, let me tell you something. I want to tell you the result of not forgiving someone. And I'll just tell you the story. I won't read it. He said, in Luke 18, he said, that was a man that he had a man who owed him. He owed him about uh, $500,000. And he went to him and the man said, you owe me $500,000. And in those days they had debtor's prison and they would throw him and his family in the debtor's prison till he could repay them. How are you going to repay anybody when you're in prison? You can't work. So you go into prison the rest of your life. And so he begged him. He said, please, please, you know I can't pay you. I'll pay you some if, you, if I don't have to go to prison. He said, okay, you owe me $500,000. Your debt's forgiven. You don't owe me anything. Cancel the debt. Tear up the note. You're clear. He walked away from there. Man so rejoicing because that he wasn't going to debtor's prison. And he ran into a friend of his that owed him $25. And he said to him, you owe me $25. He said, I know, but I hadn't got it. He said, that's all all I need to know. Did you know he had this man thrown in debtor's prison for owing him $25? And so there he went to prison. Well, the master heard about it. The the friends went to this master and said, you know, so-and-so, you you forgave him $500,000. Yeah, I remember. He said, and you let him go free? Yeah. He said, you know what he did? There was a man that only owed him $25, and he wouldn't forgive him, and he threw him in prison, and he's in prison today. And and that story in Matthew 18, Jesus got, he just, the master, and who is a picture of Jesus, he got angry. He said, let me tell you something. He went and had that man arrested. owed him the $500,000 and he threw him in prison and the Bible says he was turned over to the tormentors and Jesus said, let me tell you something. How many times have I forgiven you? 500,000 Lord and you mean to tell me you can't forgive him and you can't forgive her? What kind of deal is this? I have forgiven you Time after time, and now in the same spirit with which I have forgiven you, you forgive others because, listen, for the grace of God, you would still be a debtor for all your sin. And Jesus said, if you don't forgive, what's going to happen, you're going to be tormented. That's exactly what he said. He talked about the consequences of unforgiveness. And one place he said, If you do not forgive others of their trespasses, I won't forgive you. You said, but wait a minute now, Brother Fred. Our forgiveness is not based on works. I know that. But how can Jesus forgive you of something when you hadn't repented? He said, if you don't forgive others, how can I forgive you? Because you're living in sin. You haven't even forgiven them. So he said, if you want to receive forgiveness, then you've got to walk in forgiveness. I'm telling you, relationships are built on unconditional, sacrificial, selfless love. And relationships are built on forgiveness. But now let me just talk to you about this. How do you live the Christian life? How do you relate to others in a non-Christian world? Well, you know, the Bible tells you if you have a conflict with somebody, how to deal with it. Did you know that? You know, it seems like in Matthew 18, Jesus was talking about uh, relationships. In Matthew 18, verse 15, he says, now, if you've got a conflict with somebody, let me tell you how to solve it. Any of y'all ever have conflicts with people? I mean, you know, they just, it's just a conflict. You know, it's bad when brothers and sisters have conflicts. It's sure bad when husbands and wives have conflicts. It's bad when the people in church have conflicts. It's bad when you have conflicts at work with your boss and the people you work with. And, uh, and, but, but we're living in a non-Christian world, and everybody's not a saint. You do know that, don't you? So what he says here, he said um, in Matthew chapter um, 18, verse 15, he said, let me tell you how to deal with conflict. He said, moreover, if your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and you and him alone. For example, Brother Ed and I have always gotten along. We never have had a conflict And Can you believe in 40 years, he, we've never had a falling out? I get irritated when I don't have enough time to finish preaching. But I mean, I mean, it just, uh, we never had a part time falling out. We've never, but I would, so I can use him as an example. And so I have conflict with Brother Ed. It says, moreover, if your brother sins against you, go tell him his fault between you and him alone. So what I'm to do is I'm going to go to Ed and say, Ed, we've got a problem. We've got to resolve it. Now, i do not going to tell you about it. It's none of your business, right? That reminds me of the little boy who was sitting on the steps eating candy. Just eating and gorgeous. this older man came up and said, what in the world are you doing? You, you, boy, you know better than eating that candy, don't you? You know that. He said, I'm 90 years old. You know better than eating that candy. He said, my grandfather lived... To be 93, what, what, he didn't need a lot of candy? No, he minded his own business. It's not somebody else's business. It says, go to him and say, we got to resolve this conflict. If your brother sins against you, go tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he hears you, you've gained your brother. If he will not hear you, take one or two more. That by the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word may be established. If they won't, if he won't, you can't get it right, he won't get it, then you take two, a couple of people with you so he can't say what you said, they'll know what you said. Take two, two or three witnesses and you go and try to be reconciled again. You started with him, then you continued with him. But he said, if he refuses to hear them, it says, um, but, but if he will not hear, take with you one or two more that by the mouth of two or three witnesses, if he refuses to hear them, Tell it to the church. He's, he's, a, he's a believer. He's in the church. Say to the church, this guy, he, he won't get right. And if, they refu- if he refuses to hear the church, let him to be you like a heathen or a tax collector. You say, well, Brother Fred, I hope we don't bring every conflict before our church. I know we wouldn't have time for anything else. But he's saying here that believers should resolve things. And do it God's way. Go to the person. Go again. Then, if necessary, get the church to pray about the situation. Hey, you see, Jesus didn't miss anything about relationships. He told us how to deal with conflict. He told us how to respond to non-Christians. All right, for example, look at Ma- in Matthew 5, 38. I've got to show you these, and I'm going to be through. Matthew 5, verse 38. Because they got Bible study at 11, and they'll probably start at eleven twenty. 20. But anyway, Matthew 5, 38. All right, now how um, do you respond to non-Christians in a, uh, uh, as a Christian in a non-Christian world? Verse 38 of Matthew 5. You have heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I tell you, all right, he says, now the way you respond to people who treat you wrong is you be a peacemaker. This is what he says. I tell you not to resist an evil person. If he slaps you on the right cheek, I say, that's the right cheek. Turn and let him slap you on the left cheek. You say, what after, what, if, what after he slaps me on the right cheek and the left cheek? Knock him out. No, it doesn't say that. No, it doesn't say that. It does not say that. Now, I knew some of you would think that. He says, don't you respond like an unc- unsafe person. You know, I've known somebody that did that. His name was Gary Mayer. Louis knows him. He had been dating this lady who was divorced. And her husband was a drug addict, and he had abandoned her and the children. But he, um, when he heard about this, he, he knew he was in the same business Gary was in. And and so he came to him and said, boy, you're, tra- you're taking my wife. You try-. And I told Gary, I said, Gary, if he believes that, even though, they're divorced. You just back off, and he's not going to be able to say you stole his wife. Well, he did. Gary did. But they ran, he ran into him in a car lot. And this guy came up to him and said, you know, you say you're a Christian. You say you're a Christian. And, and you've been dating my ex-wife. He said, I don't like And he went, whap, and hit Gary right in the eye and blacked his eye. Now, I'm going to tell you about Gary. He was a big boy, and he could have mopped him up, I'm telling you. You know what he did? He said, You want to hit me on the other side? That's exactly what he did. He said, you go ahead and hit me on the other side. That guy melted like ice cream on a hot day. What do you do when somebody responds to evil like that? That's a true story. I'm telling you, the Bible says we respond as Christians We don't respond as pagans. He said, if he hits you on the left cheek, right cheek, let him hit you on the left. And then he says, if he asks you to go one mile, you see, Christians are to do more than the world does. We're not to do like the heathen do. He said, if they ask you to go one mile, go with them too. Why are you going too? I'm a follower of Jesus. You see, you respond in a non-Christian world. If they hit you on one cheek, you turn the other. If they ask you to go a mile, you go too. And the other one says... I like that coat and I, I'm coveting it and I want it. And you say, well, hey, you can have it. And by the way, I've got another coat that I'll give you. That's exactly what Jesus says here. Give him your other coat too. You say, well, I don't want to do that. No, my flesh don't want to do that either. I, I don't want to do that. But God slaps me. I want to slap him back. If he, he wants me to go a mile, I say, well, I, what have I got to go a mile with you for? It ain't my mile. See, the flesh doesn't want, but Jesus said, if you don't act that way, you're going to act just like the heathen do. You're not supposed to live like a heathen. You're supposed to go, you're supposed to live as a Christian in a non-Christian world. And you turn the other cheek and you go the second mile and you let him have your coat. Well, then this is the last thing. You know what he said? Love your enemies. Bless those that curse you. Pray for those who despitefully use you. And then he said these words. Please listen to them. If you only love those who love you. If you only say hello to the brethren. If you're only nice to people that's nice to you. You're just like the heathen. That's the way the heathen are. The heathen are nice to each other. If they're nice to them. But you know what you do? You, you don't live like the heathen. You're a Christian so you love your enemies. You bless those that curse you. You pray for those that despitefully use you. For, so that's the way the Father's heart is. Let me tell you something. Our relationship with people is based on unconditional love. It's based on love. It's based on forgiveness. And it's based on being a Christian in a non-Christian world. We don't live like lost people live. And God can give us the power to do that.